Woman Kwan Case 15, Dongshan 60 Blows. Dongshan Chu Chu came to see Yun Men. Yun Men asked him, Where were you most recently? Dongshan said, At Chadu. Yun Men said, Where were you during the summer? Dongshan said, At Baoqi Monastery in Hunan. Yun Men said, When did you leave there? Dongshan said, August the 25th. Yun Men said, I spare you 60 blows. Next day, Dongshan came again and said, Yesterday you said you spared me 60 blows. I don't know where I was at fault. Yun Men said, Oh, you rice bag. Why do you go about in such a way, now west of the river, now south of the lake? With this, Dongshan had great satori. Wu Men's comment. If Yun Men had provided essential fodder at that time and awakened in Dongshan the one path of vitality, then Yun Men's house would not have been vacated. All night, Dongshan struggled in the ocean of yes and no. As soon as dawn broke, he went again to Yun Men, who explained everything in detail. <laughs> Even though Dongshan had realization, he was not yet brilliant. Now, let me ask you, should Dongshan have been given 60 blows or not? If you say yes, then grasses, bushes, and trees should all be beaten. If you say no, you make Yun Men a liar. If you can be clear about this, then you and Dongshan exhale qi with the same mouth. Woman's verse. The lion rejects her cub. She kicks it and dodges away. The second arrow connected beyond causation. The first was light, the last one deep. Please sit comfortably. Oh, all you rice bags, in what way do you go about? Are any of you still searching everywhere else for what is right here, for what was never anywhere else, I wonder? <laughs> Not very chatty tonight, eh? <laughs> so, here we have Dongshan coming to see Yun Men. Note, this is not Dongshan Lianjie, who died only a year after Yunmen was born, but another later Dongshan. He was asked some typical opening questions. Where were you most recently? Where were you during the summer? When did you leave there? And he answered them, at Chadu, at Baoshi Monastery in Hunan. August the 25th. 
but I'm sure that you can see that this reads like an interview by an immigration officer or something. As you all know by now, in a koan there is generally a surprise, and it seems from Dongshan's answers that he is not going to be the one giving us any surprises. Nothing to show that he is alive to this. The surprise comes when Yun Men says, I spare you 60 blows. Shim, Shibayama says, I give you 60 blows of my stick. That was what I needed to make the noise before. <laughs> I give you 60 blows of my sick and s stick, and so does de Moulin, though he, like several other commentators, points out that whether Dongshan actually received the blows is ambiguous. Spare, too, is ambiguous. Can you spare me a few minutes means, can, I, can you give me a few minutes versus if I post that letter for you, it will spare you, i.e. save you, walking to the post office. So we can't assume that Dongshan actually received his 60 blows. More to the point here, though, is what had he done to deserve this? And of course, you may well also be thinking that you too would have been encountering those blows if it had been you who was asked the questions. You know, where were you last Saturday? <laughs> so, who are these two? Well, one of the reasons it's not impossible that Yun Men actually did give Dong Shan those blows is that his own realization came in the midst of extreme pain when his own first teacher, Mu Zhou, would not let him in when he approached his dwelling for the third time, no less, slamming the door so suddenly that it apparently broke his foot. In the midst of that extreme pain, Yun Men experienced enlightenment. Apparently, Mu Zhou was once Huang Bo's head monk, and it was he, Huang Bo, who had sent his brother monk, the young Lin Ji, into Huang Bo's interview room to innocently ask his question as to the meaning of Zen. By this time, though, Mu Zhou was an old man who had left monastic life and returned to his ancestral home during a time of rebellion where he supported himself and his mother by making sandals. He lived in a little house by the roadside and would listen to the footsteps of Zen monks on pilgrimage who passed by, and often he would not even bother to answer their knock on the door. Yun Men had been ready to stick his foot in the door. Later, as he was Growing pretty old, Mu Zhou sent his Dharma heir Yun Men to the much younger Zui Feng, and Zui Feng also made Yun Men his Dharma heir. It's a really interesting story about how Yun Men approached Zui Feng. Yun Men went to a village at the foot of Mount Zui where he met a monk. He asked him if he was going back up the mountain, and when he said that he was, he asked him to pose a question to the abbot, Zui Feng, before the whole assembly. 
Yun Men cautioned him not to say that the question was not his, but that it came from someone else. So the monk did as Yun Men asked. And when everyone was assembled and Zui Feng had sat down on the Dharma seat, he clasped his hands together as Yun Men had instructed him to and said, there's an iron kang on this old fellow's head. Why not remove it? Zweifang came down from his seat and grasped the monk, telling him to speak, speak. But of course the monk couldn't answer. Zweifang pushed him away, saying, it wasn't your question. The monk said that it was. But when Zweifang sent his attendant to get a rope and a stick to bind and beat him, <laughs> it's a good way to... <laughs> <laughs> some reaction. <laughs> the monk confessed that it was a monk in the village who had sent him to ask the question. Zweifang then told everyone to go to the village and welcome the worthy who would have 500 disciples. The next day, Yunmen arrived at the monastery. When Zweifang saw him, he asked him, how is it that you have reached this place? Yun Men bowed his head. It is said, in this manner did the affinity between Zweifang and Yun Men come about. It was apparently his regular practice to strike disciples with his staff and frighten them with his sudden shouts. His special style was to give short, sharp responses to questions that became known as one-word barriers. What is Zen? That's it. Or, what is the way? Grab it. Yet he was said to be fearful of words, which is why he used them with such economy. Returning to this case, at the beginning, Yun Men asks Dong Shan a series of questions, which he answers truthfully. And yet, we know something is going wrong, don't we? We know that the Zen teacher is not there to make polite conversation, small talk with his student. So poor Dong Shan answers each question straightforwardly while no doubt aware that he is sinking deeper and deeper into the hole that Yun Men is digging, question by question. What would you have said? What could you have said? It would have been almost a relief when Yun Men said, I spare you 60 blows. Of course, that was a clear enough message that his responses did not hit the mark, whether he got the blows or not. Yamada Khan, in his Taisho on the case, said that Yunmen did not hit him, but that being spared from them was even more humiliating than getting them. It's always interesting to me how time, gender, ethnic background can make a difference to how one interprets responses. Mm. This interpretation by Yamada Roshi is congruent with the shouts and blows style of Zen. 
Anyway, in any case, the next day, no doubt after a night of agonizing over what, where he went wrong, mulling over how else he could possibly have responded to Yunmen, Dongshan went to Yunmen and asked the most poignant question. Yesterday, you said you spared me 60 blows. I don't know where I was at fault. He had probably spent the night tormented by his inability to even open up the dialogue. But now he opens it up with honesty and humility. Yunmen said, Oh, you rice bag, why do you go about in such a way, now west of the river, now south of the lake? Young men, seeing him completely bereft of anything, opinions, arguments, a swathe of possible right answers to try, gives him an opportunity. And Dong Shan realizes it for himself. We are told with this, Dong Shan had great satori. Though not included in the Wu Men Quan, but in the longer version of this encounter, Dong Shan Zhu Cho then said, From this time forward, I forsake any abode. I'll, not, I'll store not a grain of rice, nor plant even a stalk of vegetables. Receiving what comes from the ten directions, I'll use it to pull out nails and draw out wedges. Taking off the greasy hat and smelly shirt, I'll spread the teachings freely. Is it not joyous to be a monk, unconcerned with the world's affairs? This response is a truly generous bodhisattva response to attaining realization as he renounces accumulating anything for himself, instead vowing to use whatever he is given to pull out nails and draw out wedges. In other words, to save the many beings. This is such a familiar pattern, though not the only pattern. Dongshan is evidently an earnest student of the way, going on a pilgrimage to visit the great teachers of the day. He is reduced to nothing, to having no idea of what to say. And yet, in this state of having nothing to offer, no words of wisdom or insight, carrying no baggage, he is completely open to Yunmen's words. Oh, you rice bag! Why do you go about in such a way, now west of the river, now south of the lake? Dongshan had spent a terrible night, a night in fear and misery, promising condition of having nothing to hold on to, nowhere to go. Yunmen's words were a gift. Um, in, a, in another version of this story, um, which I found in app just the other day, um, it's a little bit longer. It says that, um, you know, the, the one... Uh, uh, had great awakening and it 
says, you know, I'll go to a place where there are no human hearths and I will build myself a grass hut. I won't grow a single grain of rice nor store a single bunch of vegetables and I will receive the sages that will come and go from all directions. I'll pull out the nails and pegs for them, tear off their greasy hats, strip off their stinking jackets, and I'll see to it that they get clean and free and become real patch-robed monks. Isn't this superb? Yun Men shot back. You rice bag. <laughs> You're the size of a coconut, yet you open such a big mouth. <laughs> but don't you love his enthusiasm? <laughs> He's going to do everything. He's going to have all these monks coming to him and he's going to sort them out. And <laughs> anyway, in his comment, Wu Men says, if Yun Men had provided essential fodder at that time and awakened in Dongshan the one path of vitality, then Yun Men's house would not have been vacated. Why did he say this? Yun Men may not have provided fodder, instead taking everything away so that Dongshan was left in that state where only nothing works, the state where your response is completely spontaneous and you don't understand it at all. As for the comment about Yun Men's house, is this a dig by Wu Men? All night, Dongshan struggled in the ocean of yes and no. As soon as dawn broke, he went again to Yun Men, who explained everything in detail. Even though Dongshan had realization, he was not yet brilliant. Well, we've heard all the details now, haven't we? I hope you understand it now. Now, let me ask you, should Dongshan have been given 60 blows or not? If you say yes, then grasses, bushes and trees should all be beaten. If you say no, then you make Yun Men a liar. You have to be careful here. There's no leeway. If you say yes, then you're going to be beating around the bush a long time. If you say no, you make Yun Men a liar. And then where would we all be? If you can be clear about this, then you and Dongshan exhale chi with the same mouth. This last line is wonderful. If you can be clear, you have the same energy as Dongshan. Um, I actually looked... Um, on, uh, to see if I could see anything more about this Dongshan. And there wasn't very much um, available except a few koans. Um, one of his koans was, I mean, nothing about his history or, or anything like that. Um, but um, one koan that he is known for is, what did all the ancients hold, ancient ones, Sorry, what did all the ancient old ones do? Um, Dongshan said, 
enter the mud, enter the water. And another of his koans, which I think a lot of us have heard, but it's often not by somebody named, was, What is Buddha? Three pounds of flax. Woman's verse. The lion rejects her cub. She kicks it and dodges away. The second arrow connected beyond causation. The first was light, the last one deep. How did Wu Men know about lions, I wondered. Well, it seems that there was an Asiatic lion that roamed the Middle East in the Middle East and India, splitting off from the African lion about 100,000 years ago. And it is this lion that inspired the temple lions one sees across Asia. And there's still a very small population in the Gia forest in India. However, these lions never lived in China. Nonetheless, women seem to be pretty accurate about their behavior. Cubs were at the bottom of the pecking order for food when a lion made a kill, and they could not join in the hunt until they were about a year old, so they had to dodge their way through to survive. According to Chinese folklore, a lioness would push her cubs off a cliff, and only those that made it back were nurtured. I guess the lions of Zen push their students off cliffs. Not like that, again and again, and wait to see which ones return. And, and you know, this is important. You notice there are no stories of someone new to practice just rocking up to a teacher and being asked a question, what is Mu? Or where did you come from? And immediately coming up with an answer that demonstrated their deep realization. It just isn't how it works. Everyone has experienced what Dongshan experiences. Everyone has been kicked off the cliff, most of us many, many times. But for some reason we climb back up again and again and again. But we don't just respond the same way each time. And this may be true even when we think we're giving the same answer again. In this case, Dongshan returns after his sleepless night, possibly thinking, how else could I have answered these questions? And indeed, how else could he? It is right here when all pathways seem blocked, when no amount of thinking or rerunning the scene with a different ending gets you anywhere and there is absolutely nowhere to go that you are aware that there is no way out of this and you are filled with energetic frustration because despite knowing it's hopeless, you are still ruthlessly determined and yet you give up completely trying to achieve anything and then you find it. The way that you find that lost key or earring you've been searching for for ages right in front of your nose. 
is like that. Thank you for your attention. <laughs>